Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back to the Being Balanced Podcast. I'm C.G. Townsend, your host, and y'all, my conversation with Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott just hit all the right spots as it relates to financial freedom. So let me tell you a little bit more about today's guest. Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott is a highly sought-after serial entrepreneur, finance expert, and money coach. She launched Amount Financial Services, which positioned her as a thought leader, teacher, speaker, and nationally recognized money expert. Through her company and digital financial membership platform, which is the Commonwealth Membership, Nicole's mission is to help communities of color eliminate poverty cycles by creating breathing room in their households and long-term generational wealth assets. Dr. Scott is a TEDx speaker. She's talked to Fortune 500 companies and businesses like Google, Turner Broadcasting, CNN, the White House Entrepreneurship Demo Day, Essence, and so many others. So Nicole, tell us, how do you define balance? So um, that's such an interesting question that that, word in itself, the definition has evolved so many times in my own personal life. Um, So (laughs) how I define balance in 2020 is uh, definitely completely different than 2019 and way different than years prior to. But I look at balance at this point as uh, having an opportunity to, um, to, to have grace with yourself while showing up in different areas of your life. So instead of, you know, when we when we originally think of balance, we, we kind of think of a seesaw and, you know, 50 percent over here and 50 percent over there. But the way that I look at balance now is from a holistic perspective. Here go all the different areas of my life that I care about, that drive me, that fuel me. And I want to show up in each of those areas. It might not all happen on the same day. It very rarely happens on the same day. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, very rarely am I a great mom and a great businesswoman and a great wife all on the same day. But as long as I'm giving energy to all of those different sectors of my life, I feel like that is living in harmony and living in harmony is, is, is what I, you know, attribute balance to. Yeah. That's, that's so good that you brought up that you may not be all the things every single day. And just even you saying that word rarely, are you all the things every (laughs) single day? Just gave me a little (laughs) bit of goosebumps there. Um, (laughs) as I think about my day and my to-do list personally, Mm -hmm. I I have known you for years, like 800 million years, it feels like, (laughs) (laughs) but we're only 20. So, uh, And, you know, I have seen you really embody what your bio says about being a serial serial entrepreneur. You know, you've just done so many awesome things. And right now, you know, I would consider you a money maven. So I want to talk about money, right? 2020 has thrown so many curveballs. And, you know, what people may have previously done, they are just not able to do those things anymore. 
So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on making a stimulus check work for you. You know, what, what do you do when you don't have a stimulus check, you know, and you have to be your own, just lay it all out for us. Sure. So, uh, I love talking about money. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I'm not sure if we talked about it, but I am a a money coach. I have um, my business amount financial where we really focus on helping uh, communities of color just change their money story, be able to map out their financial plan so that they can create legacy and create generational wealth. These are things I'm, I'm very passionate about. And I just feel like it is part of my my purpose here on this earth. Um, when, when I was young, I started to realize, especially by the time I got to college that there was, that money was a language and I was not privy to being able to understand that language as much as I knew I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, those were not the conversations that we had in our house growing up. And so when I started to get exposed to different things via, um, roommates in college and, you know, going back home with them and, and, and seeing, you know, different conversations being had at the table. I was like, well, this is, this is like me learning a new language. I need a translator. I need, (laughs) I need someone to help break down a lot of these philosophies, um, so that I could look at money for the tool that it is. And so I think what has happened in the pandemic is that, Many people were were coasting on having uh, a bare minimum understanding of money, right? And so, um, of course, everyone loves money when the economy is not in recession, when everything is going well, when um, all you know all the green lights are 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 on at the same time, and you're you know cruising through effortlessly. But now that we have officially entered into a recession, um, on top of that, adding a pandemic, and on top of that, just being in a space that the country has never been in before, uh, which means many of us have never been through before, has really caused a lot of people to have to um, redirect their thoughts about money and redirect their their direction with money. And um, it's if you allow it to be, it's a beautiful wake-up call. It's a beautiful understanding that um, that money is definitely a tool, right? It, it, it's not how you should define yourself. It's not how you should um, um, give yourself any self-worth. It's, it's nothing but a tool to, if used the right way, can uh, bring about you know, so much opportunity. And so what I tell people is, even though in the midst of a, of a full-on re- uh, recession, there, the, there are many people becoming very wealthy right uh-huh. now. And depending on, you know, how old you are, if you're listening to this, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast right now, you know, this might not be your first recession, right? This is, right. this is not my first recession, even though just like CG said, we're like 21, <laughs> but <laughs> this is not my first recession. Like, uh, uh, I was a business owner, uh, in, in my true first recession, which was around 2008, and um, had to really figure out how to pivot and what I wanted to get out of that situation then, which had, which has, you know, gave me more grit for this uh, scenario now. And one thing that I 
really believe is is very important is no matter where you fall on the career span, whether you are uh, completely an entrepreneur, whether you're a sidepreneur, whether you uh, are entrepreneur at your corporate job, wherever that is, you have got to have entrepreneurial energy around your activity these days, right? There's there's a lot that we don't know what's going to happen, right? There, j- just as we started off at and in 2020, being very confused about different things that were transpiring in the year, there's going to be lasting effects that we don't know. You know how industries will look a few years from now, right? Like, so I was reading an article yesterday that just talked about um, the, how college universities. The, their entire innovative scope has had has to change at this point um, because there'll be long-term lasting effects on um, so many schools and, and a student body just not feeling comfortable going onto campus anymore. The online learning experience, um, the connection, how is that happening? I mean, it's just so much happening that we know three, four, five years out from now that that entire space will look completely different. Online learning, you know, right now I actually have my my son, you might hear him in the background a little bit, and that's part of uh, Balanced and Busy. But, um, right. <laughs> uh, just, you know, him, uh, uh, you know, digesting content through through Zoom. He's in like a little, a little Montessori program, and in the morning they get on and they like sing their songs together and, you know, have some of these different things, and that's going that's going to produce a completely different child, right? I wasn't introduced heavily into uh, internet learning until maybe like middle school, high school, um, and then it was always a subset for me. It was not the main way of digesting information. Whereas my son, that's going to be completely different. His right. introduction to learning is through. Um, a, a mixture of online and then in person from what me and and my husband do with him. So uh, it's just, it's going to rewire uh, his brain. He's going to have a completely different brain. So understanding that you have right. to, you have to look forward, look into the future and um, make your, make your decisions, especially your financial decisions based upon where we're going and not where we were. There was so many people who were, saying, you know, I wish we, I can't wait till we return back to normal. And I feel like those people are going to get left behind because there's no more returning back to normal. It's a new normal moving forward. So um, in your space, like if you, if you have a business, how are you catering to where your industry is going? Not hoping and crossing your fingers that it'll be back the same, right? Or um, if right. you are, um, you know, uh, in a corporate space and you're you're looking at your 401k and you're looking at your, uh, you know, just your retirement plan overall, what are some things that you might need to adjust right now based upon where it's going, right? So I'm a big believer of um, you need to have, you know, at least eight, uh, six to eight months of emergency funds in place because the economy is is very interesting right now. I'm not going to say it's scary because because fear drives people into making some of their worst decisions. I'm just going to say that it's unpredictable and filled with possibility. So you want to be in a space where you can capture those. So 
um, you know, you might have to readjust. You might have been very aggressive on paying off debt, but you don't have an emergency fund in place. So it's just, you know, adjusting to what's transpiring and what will, you know, come of this in the future rather than, you know, hoping and, and wishing. Um, I, I had one client where uh, one of my money coach clients where I had to tell her, hey, it's just time to let go of the the space that she was in that she was operating in. This was a dream space for her. This was a, um, you know, this was something that she had her heart set on for the last few years and all of that. And when we were just going through it, um, she's in a city that has not gotten to phase two. So she's just basically throwing money down the drain, right? Like it, she can't even use the space. The space can't add to her bottom line. Uh, she's just trying to hold on to it. And I was like, you know, what's the beautiful thing? Uh, if if we get to phase two, phase three, and the world opens up and feels comfortable coming back in, there'll be an even better space waiting for you on that yeah. side, right? It, it, yeah. And you'll have money saved that you can do better things with that. Or you might find that with that extra money you were spending on, on space that you're able to really start to dedicate the money now to your e-commerce side or what you're doing online so that you never have to get another space again. Like there's, there's so many opportunities to that instead of just trying to hold on to, uh, to what used to be. You know, that is such a good, um, good note. When you think about like, when, like the whole time you were talking, I was thinking about, gosh, how does this apply to the, the big picture? Right. And Money stresses me out. Like talking about money stresses me out. It gives me great anxiety. And when you said you have to let go and know that on the other side of things, there's going to be something bigger and better. Like that, that's the kicker for me. How, how do I do that? Like, like hmm. what do you have to do in order to get to that kind of like safe space where you know on the other side, it's okay. Everything will work out. So I really, I really honestly believe that um, a lot of us um, uh, have some form of financial trauma or financial PTSD mm. um, that we deal with. And that is what drives that wedge between feeling comfortable and having that intimate look into your finances and being on the opposite side of that, where it's like, oh gosh, I just, I don't want to deal with numbers. Just tell me what I owe. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even want to look at my bank statement. Just, let's just pray that everything goes through. There's, there's a, a reason to that. And I, and this is why I'm very big on just kind of adding my voice to the financial space, because a lot of um, financial gurus uh, speak from a, a place of, to me of privilege, right? So if you have not gone through anything horrific with your finances, then you don't, you might not understand the emotional connection or the cultural sensitivities that surround a lot of financial decisions. So there's many, you know, financial people that are just like, you know, just cut out going to Starbucks. Just have discipline. You know, I, I created my life on my own. You could do the same. And it's like, wait, let's 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 slow down for a minute. What is it? What is it that makes money a trigger for you? Right? Like what is it that 
when you you when you start to sit down and talk about money and you you start to clamp up you you feel uncomfortable that comes from a space right and what's mm-hmm. so beautiful right now is that mental health is becoming less and less taboo in our communities um but we don't we don't discuss how uh finances can play into mental health too yes right and so um if you and and people say, well, you know, financial PTSD, Nicole, that's a, a big word to use. And I'm like, that's it's that's exactly what's happening. That's yeah. it, you know, there has been moments that have shocked you and you felt it. It was so intense that you felt it on a physical level, and that energy pops back up in the future. And so you have to get to a point where you get to the root of that. What is it that is triggering me? What is the trauma that I need to rewrite um, in my head so that I could be like, finances, hey, boo, how are you? <laughs> like, great, you know, like, let me open up my Chase account or Bank of America account or, you know, uh, I'm always going to push a, a Black-owned bank too. Um, but in in the space of that, let me open that up and, and be confident, like, you know, hey, girl, like, let's talk numbers. Like, let's let's be in that space rather than, oh my gosh, it's this girl again. I don't feel like dealing with her, you know. Right. Um, I'm using money as, as in, in personifying as a girlfriend. But um, yeah, so, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, recognizing if you deal with financial PTSD, <clears throat> there's there's a few things that you can look at and see. You can look at, you know, do you have physical symptoms? Like, do you get nervous when you talk about money? Can you not sleep worrying about money? Um, do you uh, try to overcompensate and, and do some different things just in spite of money or your relationship with money? Um, you could also look at your emotional symptoms, right? Like, are you in a space where you have uh, impacted your relationships because money is there, you know, because of the thought of money? Like, you don't want to go out because you know it's going to cost or you know, you and your spouse or you and your significant other are in a space where you, um, where you're fighting over money all the time, or, you know, do you, or even, are you in a space where you're uh, a money hoarder? Like you won't allow yourself to live. You won't give yourself uh, any moment to breathe because you're just so scared of putting out any dollar. Like those, you know, those are some of the things that you, um, can start to run past yourself. And, you know, even if it's none of the things I mentioned, just sitting down with yourself and, 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 and really thinking about what was your experience as a child with money, right? What, what, what did your, your parents show you? What were some of those things? And even if you feel like overall it was a beautiful experience, but your parents never brought you into the conversation of money. Um, that's where a lot of people just don't even feel confident with money. They, it was always something that their parents handled uh, and they never had a chance to explore and navigate that themselves. So it's left us with a lot of adults who have, who lack in financial confidence. So just, you know, really getting to the root of some of those different things, understanding where that energy comes from, where that emotion comes from and creating positive uh, reinforcement around that. Right. So, uh, if if you feel like, like how you said you you don't you don't like talking about money, what environment can you put yourself in that makes it an easier conversation, right? Like, can you create a money a money date night with yourself where you have your bottle of wine and you 
pull up your uh, bank statements and you know, you go through what your wins are so that you feel good. Like this month I was able to save this, this month I was able to pay this off. And then you deal with some of the tougher things, but you're dealing with it before they become critical, right? Uh Like you're dealing Uh with them on the front end. Like this is, okay, this is here. I have the student loan. Cool. Instead of it overwhelming you, it's like, okay, it's just time for me to come up with a plan. What is my plan to dealing with the student loan? How am I going to accomplish it? And what is a good time for me to to work with that? Am I giving myself three years to pay off this student loan? This is what I need to do. Am I aggressively trying to pay off this student loan in the next year? Okay, perfect. This additional money that I'm getting in, I'm just going to chunk it all to um, to this goal so that I could Uh just get the weight of it off my shoulders. So, you know, just coming up with those different ways of how you approach it, um, really helps a lot. And then one last thing that I'm just really big about is, um, uh, a lot of individuals deal with money shame, right? They're, they're dealing with money shame, but the, the, the gag is, Almost everyone has been through something financially, right? Either, you know, you made some crazy decisions in college. You were the one that signed up for the credit card to get the T-shirt. And that credit (laughs) card still has you to this day. Um, You made, you know, some some choices based off of just survival mode. Um, Or you made some choices not understanding the implication that it would have on you later on or you didn't really look at the interest rate attached to it. I mean, we've all done something, right? But right. everyone projects these perfect images of uh, on social media and everyone else, um, I'm sorry, and everywhere else. And it has us thinking, it has us thinking, man, maybe I'm the only one who made these type of situations and I'm too embarrassed right. to talk about it. But that is what keeps us in that same space. And so I love that we're having this conversation that your community um, wants to have this conversation because we have to be in the space where we normalize talking about money. Yes. And when we can normalize talking about money, then that starts to remove a lot of the fear too. So not being in a space where it's like, oh, I'm embarrassed to ask her what she's making. Uh, so let's say I'm applying to work at uh, your podcast, right? So let's say CG, CG puts up a post and she's like, I'm hiring for the podcast. I should be able to reach out to a girlfriend of mine who's also in that same space and say, hey, what are you currently getting paid for this? Mm-hmm. How much should I be asking to get paid? That should not that should not put up someone's guard immediately. Like, why are you all in my pockets? Why are you all in my purse? What does it matter? No, we need to, the more we talk about it, the more we can start to close some of these gaps, right? Or if I'm moving right. into a neighborhood, you already live in that neighborhood. CG, how much did you pay for your house? It should not be like, oh, these are things we don't discuss. Those are, leave that, don't leave that toxic behavior to the older generations, right? And they had their right. reasons for why they didn't talk about money. But the way that information free flows right now, and we can and we can aggressively see that there's such a large racial wealth gap, such a large gender wealth gap. It comes from us not um, being able to talk a lot to each other too, so that we're all demanding the same thing. You know, there. Um, right. There, uh, uh, there was an actress, I think it was Carrie Washington, that just talks about how, no, it's Taraji. Taraji was talking about how even to this day, she still has to fight to get what she's worth. She's prepared to walk away from it. But she had conversations with many of her allies, and they were like, how are you getting paid so little? 
Like you've been literally acting longer than me. You've been in feature films, Benjamin Button, all these different things. I get paid this and I get these different things. You need to demand the same. And so that's why that conversation piece is important because Taraji was thinking she was getting paid. She wasn't, she didn't even know that she was so much lower on the scale um, than some of her allies until having those open conversations. Um, And so you know, that could be just applied to everywhere. Like we have to just, you know, get into a space where like, hey, let's talk about this money thing real quick. Exactly. I mean, you, number one, thank you. Because all of these thoughts and your insight and perspective is so needed, um, especially in our community. And even just hearing you verbalize People, most people have dealt with some type of financial challenge or struggle. And just because we don't know the details doesn't mean it didn't happen. One thing that I always do whenever I'm about to have like a difficult conversation or a courageous conversation is I meditate Um, Mm -hmm. because it, it just stilling my mind gets all those crazy thoughts away. So now I'm starting to think, well, okay, when it's time to deal with money, maybe I should just meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you have been on like this holistic journey and you just recently became a certified yoga teacher, which congratulations. Thank Tell you. us more about how all of that work in your life has played into like your businesses and being an entrepreneur and just really your holistic journey. Yeah, yeah. Um so, so thank you for noticing that. That's one of the things that has popped out of the pandemic for me that I did not see coming, but I am <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm here for it all these new directions and, and new modalities that are uh, coming into my life and they're just furthering my own personal journey. But um, I have a, uh, a book coming out this fall called Make Space for Wealth. And what? That, uh, thank you. And that ties into how I utilize this holistic mindset to a lot of different things. So, so one, a lot of us are in spaces where we, we say we want things, but we have not created the space for that to come into our lives, nor have we created the space for that to thrive in our lives. And so, um, uh, things that you learn in other areas of holistic practices, right? So you learn about meditation because you have to steal your mind, you have to clear your mind um, so that you could be in a space to show up and, and make your best decisions or be the best version of yourself. And so I apply that to on the financial side, you know, everyone has these gold dreams of I want six figures, I want seven figures, I want this certain house, I want these different things, but you're not creating room for that to to come into your life, nor are you creating anything in your life that this money would even have a chance of staying, right? And and so when you look at like the lottery curse or these other things, um, it's because you have people who um, uh, in no way ever envision themselves having this type of money. So their same behaviors stay and, and that money drips right back out of their life. It leaks leaks right back out. Um, and to outside people, that's so shocking. Like, how could you go through $1.2 million in two years? And it's easy. <laughs> it's easy if you don't have anything in place, right? The distractions will all come in place um, very quickly. So 
yeah, so just just applying that level of, of balance, that level of harmony to when it comes to your finances is very key too. You know, like how I, I tell people like become a millionaire before you become a millionaire, right? Like uh-huh. get your mind into the space, act like a millionaire, start putting things together so that as soon as this money starts to come into your life, it has purpose. Um, you, you know, even now, uh, you know, as you're preparing yourself for, for your next level and, um, you know, all of us are in the space of wanting to level up, do you give every dollar that comes into your life a, a task and assignment now? Right. So if you and so I tell people, if you don't give a dollar an assignment, it will it will find its own job. Right. So depending once again where you are uh, on the on the age bracket. But (laughs) when we were younger, we used to hate to take like a twenty dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill. And and we would call it, you know, if you went to the store, you you would be like, I don't want to break this hundred dollar bill. And why? Because you knew you would start to randomly spin through that $100 quickly, right? You would you would start with, with breaking that $100 bill. And by the end of the day, you would have bought lunch for everybody. You would have bought some random, you know, trinkets that have no place in your life. You would have bought, you know, some random clothes that you didn't need. You probably already have a version of that in the house, all these different things. And so you get back home and you're like, I know I had a $100 bill on me. And and all you have left is five dollars to show, which is a bunch of random stuff. And that's because you right. gave no purpose to those dollars coming into your life. And so what's very important now is just get into the mindset of giving a, a duty, giving a job title to every dollar. So if you have things that you're wanting to save for, then when you have, you know, five hundred dollars left over at the end of the month, that's not five hundred dollars for you to go play with. It it has a job attached to it. And have it fulfill its job accordingly. Okay, so you you drop that this book is coming out. So you do have to tell us more about what you have on the horizon, what's going on sure. in your world. How can we root for you and cheer for you? Oh, I love it. Um, yes, everybody needs cheerleaders. Yes. <laughs> um, you're the ultimate cheerleader, CG. Like, you, I, don't know, I don't know how many of, of, of the listeners right now have met CG in person, but I have never not seen her smile. Like that is that oh, when if you. I had to draw like a little stick figure of you, it would be a little stick <laughs> and a smile. <laughs> I I can appreciate that because I don't always have awesome days, but I try to throw a smile out there either way. Yes. <laughs> if I ever think of you, then a smile is the first thing that pops in my mind. So um I appreciate you for always cheering for others and I hope that you know you feel the love that we have for you too and, and we love to see you win. Um, but in regards to things coming up, so one, um, of course, you know, financial coaching is is myself and I have a team of financial coaches. So if you're in the space of pivoting or needing to refocus your financial budget or, you know, any of those type of things, um, you can go to Mount Financial, A-M-O-U-N-T financial.com, uh, and work with us in that way. Also, if you just need to be in a space of surrounding yourself around more information, uh, resources, understanding of assets, putting yourself around wealth, positive people. Um, we have our membership, which is called the Commonwealth Membership, where it caters to women who are just trying to uh, continuously feed themselves with knowledge and information uh, surrounding 
putting themselves in a better space financially, um, no matter where you are on that journey. And then lastly, uh, this fall, I have a book coming um, coming out called Make Space for Wealth. And so if you go to makespaceforwealth.com, um, you can sign up for the email list and just be alerted for when the book is coming out. But it really helps you to uh, organize your life uh, and be in a space that this money can start to come in, grow, it can thrive. You can start... Um, uh, doing the behavior that will uh, put you in a place to get to where you want to financially rather than waiting, you know, for this magic number to appear and burning so much money on the learning curve um, once it once it does come into your life. So um, that's coming out this fall. And yeah, and that's me. Awesome. So, so awesome. And friends, I will share that information in the show notes. Um, so that if you're on the move, you have everything you need readily available. Um, tell us more about, you know, just how you plan to tie a big fat bow um, on your your own, you know, personal financial plan for 2020, you know, as we near the end of the year. Um, for for ourselves, um, me and my family, we started a, a family LLC. Um, and so that has that has been a strong part of 2020 for us, um, investing together as a family, uh, seeing the opportunities in this moment and, and, and during this time and using and pulling our collective resources as a family together to um, really accelerate our, our legacy building during this time. So, yeah, that's what 2020 looks like for me. Um, I just chose not to live in fear. I chose to live in power. And. You know, during times like this, the the rich become richer, and I wanted to be on that side of things. So, um, just looking at those those opportunities, and you know, many of us tend to look at strangers to build money with or outside people, but there's so much you know potential in your own family, in your own household, or even your own circle, your own group of close friends where you guys can build together yeah. tr- because of part of building is trust factor. So if you already have this group of people and you know how they work and you know how they get down and you already have that trust going with each other, why why not use that as a blessing already in front of you um, and, and build with those people? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, everything about building community from within just speaks my love language, I think. I, I love it. Um, Thank you so much, Nicole, for being a guest on the show today. The information that you've shared is absolutely invaluable. Um, And I know that and all of the other endeavors that you are a part of will just continue to help folks um, get comfortable, you know, and normalize their relationships with money. So, so super thankful for you. Uh, like I mentioned before, everyone, the information will be in the show notes so that you can access it. Um, and of course, stay connected with the work that Nicole is doing in this space. Um, let's all go out and buy the book when it's ready. So make sure you're on the email list. And thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Being Balanced Podcast. <laughs>